contrary to popular belief, we are not medical experts. Our content today is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatments. Please seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. We are not your doctors. Amen. Amen. Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life, wondering if you could be more, see more, do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. Well, we are here today. Oh my goodness. Ready and willing to talk again with you. And listen, I love the framework that we are doing in season two, talking about all these things about Jesus, the qualities that he possesses that we really should have, because from him, through him, to him are all things. And today... It's going to sound a little silly, but we always ask ourselves, if I would have known better, would I have done better? Mm. Yes. And today we're going to talk about how you should know better like Jesus. So are you guys, are you ready to find freedom from all of that should? Candace, you're an expert at buying things that bring you joy. I am. You should buy it. What are you going to share with us today? What should we buy? Well, you know what? I First of all, my dog is not excited about this, <laughs> this segment of the show. She's like, are you buying something again, mom? Yes, I am, dog. Um, listen, I have found one of the greatest things that I didn't know that I needed, but I absolutely use all the time, is a good lighted makeup mirror. Ooh. I kid you not. When you hit like 40... It's like all of a sudden you become way more intentional about finding all the things that you need to maybe course correct on your face. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, ooh, we've neglected some areas. And I just remember I walked out one day after I thought that my makeup was so cute. And you know what I mean? Like you, you leave the house and you're like, I am so put together. Those days are rare, but they do happen. And when I walked out and I sat in the car and I pulled down the mirror in the visor, it told a different story. It was like, girl, what you do? <laughs> what you do with your face? <laughs> and so then I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to invest in a makeup mirror. Because I'm one of those girls, I've been a tomboy most of my life. This one makeup mirror that I have, we're going to put a link to it if you want it. But it just simply folds into itself and it comes with a removable base and you can like charge it by using a USB cable or you can Ooh. actually put batteries in it. So it's travel handy. I find myself packing it in my suitcase, kind of wrapping it in between layers of clothes. That way it doesn't break. And listen, I've been to oodles of places over the past two years with this one mirror and it hasn't broken yet. So maybe it's a miracle, maybe it's not. But I absolutely cannot go to a hotel room or, or do anything to prepare in the mornings without this. So I just thought, if you didn't know, you should buy a good makeup mirror. You really should. If you're if you're wanting to see what's the truth of what's happening on your face that everybody else sees, a mirror that actually works is a good thing. I, I feel that. <laughs> Light it up. <laughs> Light it up. Won't you do it, y'all? Time and time again, won't you do it, y'all? 
In this segment, we will highlight your reviews and celebrate how God is using this podcast to make an impact. Listen, we got five stars from Pinhead5879. 5879. I wonder what those numbers mean. You ever wonder? Social. They're social. Oh, Oh, it's probably. Well, listen, this is what (laughs) Pinhead5879 said. This episode has been a huge help to me. Just hearing that we aren't a diagnosis has been an incredible blessing. I've struggled with anxiety and depression for years. Just this year did I seek medical help. I was exhausted and my quality of life was low. I am in counseling and taking medication and it's helping. I still struggle, but I see hope. Thank you, Carlos, for your story. Oh, oh yay. Yes. Yes. Gosh, we That's love that. That's what it's about. That is yes. what it's about. We love that so much and we're so appreciative of you sharing. So the episode she's referencing is from season one. It's episode mm-hmm. five called You Should Be Mental You Should Be Healthy Mentally with Carlos Whitaker. So if you missed it, please go back, take yes. a listen. Yes. And we love hearing feedback like this. So don't forget if you're also loving the show or if you've had a moment of like, oh, I should take next steps, will you share that with us? Mm-hmm. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or however you listen. Stories from the village. Jenny and I recently had the opportunity to visit the Open Arms Village in Kenya and sit down with an incredible lady that I just I want to say right now. She is my sister from another mister. Y'all enjoy this conversation that I had with Linda. I'm here with my new BFF and and she's my Kenya BFF. Listen, um, how did we first meet? We met in a, a car, didn't we? A car ride? Yes. And we were talking instantly about what? About horror movies and uh, <laughs> and you know just pop culture, pop culture and uh-huh. and the world basically. Uh, basically, yeah, the you, good part of the world. The good part. You are me over here on the side of Kenya. Yeah. So you're um, Jenny by proxy today. Okay, you're stepping in for Jenny, but, but you have some inside knowledge about open arms. That I really feel like our our listeners could benefit from. Um, you were telling me a story about a child that you received here at Open Arms. Can you describe that child and, and keep his identity safe and um, you know not use his name, but but let us know the real story and the facts of what he's walked through. The child came to um, Open Arms when. He he was maybe close to a year old, not quite a year old, but close. Uh, but he was underdeveloped and a little malnourished, but he was very sharp and smart. And he was a happy child, you know, about everything, except when you have to, to put his socks on or shoes, he would just scream. And he had this scar around his ankle and no one knew quite what that was so of course what our social workers do when something like that happens is they go back to where they found the child and they talk to the villagers or the neighbors to try and and find out what happened and then maybe they can get this child on the path of healing maybe find the missing pieces yeah of the information you don't have and he was too young to explain Mm -hmm. what was going on in his life before so then they told us that um that the child had been locked in the house with a string around his ankle and he would pull at the string and it it dug into his ankle so he has this scar around there so if you try to touch it then he just screams as a mama i'm sitting here trying to think of any scenario where i could have my six-month-old baby that just started learning how to crawl and tie a string around him to the point where he's already experiencing trauma before he hits the age of one. 
it's hard it's hard for for them it's hard for for us to see them like that mm. but we have to be strong yeah. because then they need to see that they can go past that but mm. being strong doesn't mean you're not human you show them the emotion and you show them that you can feel the fear feel the pain let it in but then let it go <laughs> i feel like you i need to pay you 50 dollars for counseling right now <laughs> <laughs> little boy is doing well he's he got over the trauma to the extent where he can talk about it Mm. he's older now and he can tell you what happened and can tell you look at my cool scar it means i'm strong now you know so he's okay yeah he's okay from infancy to be able to see that that from the very beginning of our lives we are capable of storing trauma from the events that shape us Mm -hmm. But also, you've spoken into us something so liberating and freeing. Wow. Linda, how can our listeners be praying for open arms? We have goals for these kids, and they they need us to approach it from a holistic level. That means pray for the staff. Pray for the people who are helping us. Pray for the children we get. Pray for Kenya. Pray for the U.S. Pray for the U.K. And pray for anyone else who will encounter open arms so that their hearts are touched just by praying your your prayer is helping someone he's helping a child here we might not even know how or mm. or you know what's happening but that's god's way he knows what he's doing Absolutely. so thank you for praying and i want you to keep praying for open arms so that we are able to give these children everything they need we are their family and they're ours it's not just one way so definitely need to pray for my family. Okay, well, I'm telling you, Jenny's not here, but I'm committing her. She's going to be praying. I'm going to be praying. Thank you for and praying. And listeners, y'all heard it directly from Linda, how we can pray and how we can partner. Thank you so much for your time. Sure do appreciate you, Linda. Thank you. It really is amazing the things that we tell ourselves that we should and shouldn't do. The things that we constantly play on repeat in our heads. Come on now, what do we say? So we're talking about today how you should know better. And there's a lot of stuff I wish I knew. <laughs> I knew a whole lot better. But Candace, we wanted to take a couple minutes here and have you share part of your journey of figuring out what your process was like when you discovered that you were actually sick. Oh my goodness. Have you ever been sick not knowing you were sick? (laughs) Like, like here's the deal. We can know when we've got a sniffle or when we've got like these little um, alarms that sound off in our body that we're getting a cold or a virus or tummy sickness. Oh gosh, we all know when we're tummy sick, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's like an easy indicator. But what about those indicators that happen on the things that are working internally that you can't see unless you have a special machine or you have something that you're you're like, what? how could I have known better? How could I have known better? Um, and that's kind of what I walked through uh, very recently was my health. Just how could I have known better? And come to find out, my body was sounding all these alarms and I had no clue. I had wow. no clue. Um, for me- Like for example, like what? I'd been recently diagnosed with- Uh, asthma as an adult and I never had asthma before so I'm like why am I now being told that I can't breathe normal and I need an inhaler they gave me an inhaler my primary doctor did and they're like maybe this will fix it and come to find out it was a greater symptom of something else I was having 
um, certain aversions to foods, you know, you think, well, I'm getting older. And so maybe my palate's changing, my taste buds change, or just maybe I, I'm getting heartburn more because I'm sleeping wrong or I'm going to sleep too quickly after eating. You know, I mean, it's like all these things that you make excuse for that really are these little bitty pings and alarms to your body telling you, hey, something internally is happening. Um, yeah. For me, I found myself. Can we pause right there? Sure. I want to just pause right there in that thought, because how often do we just diminish a symptom or put a bandaid over something without actually stopping to like pause and acknowledge it and pay attention? (laughs) Well, in all honesty, I personally don't do that often. And which is why we're probably bringing this to light on the show today. I'm very quick minded in decisions that I make. Which, by the way, that doesn't always lead to the best moments. I'm just going to be honest. (laughs) Decisions that I don't necessarily think through are not my best decisions sometimes. And then sometimes they are. So I'm not going to completely discount them. But I will say that for me, I, I don't listen to those warning signs and signals often. I don't pause to give precedence. Mm. And I really feel like that did me a disservice. Right. So you had all these symptoms, yes. ignoring them all. And then what happened? No, I did myself a disservice uh, by really not listening to these warning signs in my body until it was complete sounding all the bells, all the whistles, all the alarms. And I was in a doubled over pain like I've never experienced in my life. Wow. I was in the bedroom about 11 p.m. The rest of my family was asleep except for my husband. He was in the restroom. And you know... I mean, ladies, when your husband goes to the restroom, who knows when he's coming back out? (laughs) It's like, see you later next year. So I knew that I was going to be alone in the bedroom for a while. And I found myself doubled over with this intense pain that was directly coming from the center of my chest, um, radiating up into my right shoulder blades, both forward and back. And like, I couldn't help it, but I was doubled over. Like that's serious pain when you're like, I'm trying to sit up, but why can't I sit up? Oh, I'm hurting this much. Uh, I found myself trying to get up and walk around thinking this is intense heartburn maybe. Maybe if I just get up and move, it'll feel better. And then I found myself in the fetal position and then I was rocking and I'm thinking, oh, we need to go to the ER. We need to, this is not stopping. It's not stopping. And immediately when I have that thought to go knock on the bathroom door and just kind of get my husband's attention, um, all of a sudden I just felt like the pain started to release. It felt like a really heavy pressure on my chest, like a tightening that was somebody now not not holding on as tight, I, I guess is the best um, yeah. analogy that I could give. It felt like it was releasing and like blood was flowing everywhere again and I wasn't constricted and I started feeling oxygen come back into my lungs easily and not forcefully. And so I thought, I just love how detailed you are in describing this. I would literally just be like, I'm dying. I'm, (laughs) but you're like, the blood was flowing freely. Like, I I just love you so much. Well, because I had to describe it to doctors. That's why. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is okay. So this was just a few weeks ago as well. Oh, yeah. 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 And so, so your blood was free flowing. I had this attack and um, it it just honestly left me so curious. My husband came in the bedroom and I'm sitting on the edge of the bed and my face is as white as a ghost. And, Mm. and I obviously look like clammy and pale and, and he's like, Hey, what's, what's going on? And I said, I think I just had some sort of attack, but I feel okay now. And he's like, do we need to do anything? 
And that's the question. <laughs> Isn't that the question that always gets you? Do we need to do anything? Oh, and then I'm wrestling in my thoughts. Do I need to go to the hospital? What do I do when I get there? They're just going to test me and nothing's going to happen. I'm feeling fine now. Do you know what I mean? I'll right, call yeah. my doctor another day. So I let that go by and I said, no, we don't need to do anything. I'll just need to keep an eye on it. Maybe I'll take like um, some pain reliever before we go to bed. But there was a little bit of a fear. Like, what if I go to sleep and don't wake up after this? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I think everybody has those thoughts. You don't want to say them because you're like, don't think like that, Candace. But come on, think right. like that. You got to be mindful a little bit. You and so I just, I was just like, okay, God, I, I'm going to go to sleep. I feel like I, I'm making the best decision. Take care of me tonight. And then um, let me make some good choices this next week. Well, I didn't go to my doctor. I didn't make a follow-up call because all the symptoms of that pain was gone. Wow. And yeah. instead, I went two more weeks, and guess what happens? An identical and exact attack, just like it. This one in the middle of an afternoon on Sunday. And I literally, we almost, <laughs> my marriage almost didn't make it during that attack because we had a little bit of a fight in the middle of it. <laughs> like, my husband oh, no. was like... He was like, what's wrong? You know when you're just panicked because you feel like somebody you love is really hurting and you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. Call. Are you dying? Are you going to live? Are, do yeah. I call the ER? What do we do? And so he, he was he calm and collective like normal or was he yelling? Because no. I would be yelling like, what is happening? No, he wasn't yelling. So no, 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 no. Let's get that straight. He was not yelling, but he was not nice. <laughs> He was just like, I, I have to figure out what to do. Yeah. He is such but a there fixer. Was yes. And this was not the time to fix crap. Okay. We do, I do not need all of your how-tos in this moment. No no YouTube tutorial is going to help me feel better. Daggum. <laughs> Calm it down. So he was, he was being kind. And he was being helpful in the best way that he knew how. But however, right. that was a trigger for me and for our marriage was when we've had nature arguments. And so I was like, ooh, this is not good. Not now. Uh-uh. And so he just was over me rubbing my back. And he was like, I need you to breathe. And I can't tell him that I can't breathe because I can't breathe. So right. I'm trying to explain to him, I can't breathe. Because like, it was that intense of pain. Once again, doubled over, tightness of chest, all this radiating pain in my shoulder. Um, and I'm sitting there going, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And, and he goes, Candace, breathe. And then I thought, if this man tells me to breathe one more time, so help me God in all of this pain, I will come up off this bed with all the might I have, like a last surviving moment of Samson and crush him down like a pillar. I was done with him saying, I just need you to breathe. Oh, And so he goes, okay, that's it. That's it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. You're not listening to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't listen to you because I'm in pain. So he left the room quickly and then he comes back and he goes, okay, what do we need to do? You know what I mean? Like he felt bad that he did that. So then that was his way yeah. of coming back and be like, I need to help you. And then by that time, once again, it started dissipating and everything started feeling like I had oxygen going to my brain again. Thank God. So I, I went, that was enough of a signal for me to go to the doctor the next day and short, short story now, because you don't need to know all the doctor woes. Through a series of tests that involved four different doctors within one week's time, we discovered that I needed to get my gallbladder out and removed because of gallstones. And I had no clue that your gallbladder could cause so much <laughs> havoc on, on just debilitating you. And it really, I mean, like it felt like what I thought was a heart attack or, 
or stroke or I mean, everything that I'd been warned about, you know, I'm thinking this is happening to me. And there's a series of history of different heart issues in my family. And so, you know, it's all the things that you think, this is it. This is that moment. Well, it ended up being an emergency gallbladder removal right before Christmas. So that was fun. That was fun. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas. All I want for Christmas is my gallbladder gone. (laughs) It was it was such an incredible turnaround. And, you know, I'm several weeks removed from that surgery. And I can already tell you the health that's been restored and the symptoms and signals and alarms that my body was giving off have now just subsided. And wow. it, all, it all just stemmed from that thing being horribly infected, filled to the brim. And when I mean filled to the brim with gallstones, y'all, I've got pictures. You do not want to see it. I will spare you of it. I mean, they just wow. stopped counting. They stopped counting. And so, you know, I found myself on the road to recovery now questioning and looking back, say, if I would have just known better, if I would have known the symptoms, if I would have known the signals, if I would have known that this is a family history, I would have done better, right? I would have been, oh my goodness, just full of all the things that I could have done. Yeah, you could have paid attention more. And and our Oh, I could have. Our heart in recording this episode isn't to be like, oh, you missed it or you messed up or we just want you guys to learn from our experiences and from what Candace just walked through this past month. And we want to bring awareness to a bigger conversation of let's pay attention to our bodies and let's navigate it in a healthy perspective. You called in with your questions. You shared with us your shoulds. We just want to listen and maybe we can do some good. You said what? One thing we love about our podcast is the community of listeners and the amazing feedback you guys leave us. It's a great way to catch a glimpse into your story. And we actually had a caller, Corey, leave us a voicemail. And if you too want to give us a call, ready? Take down our number. Are you ready? 315 three zero eight zero one six three so let's listen to what Corey had to say hey hey Candace and Jenny my name is Corey Perea I am calling from Brigham City Utah that's in northern Utah um I shouldn't be calling you while at work so hopefully you don't air this (laughs) um but my biggest should have two of them I should do better or I should have known better those are currently my sore spots right now that I'm working through. Um, thank you for the podcast. I love you guys. Take care. Oh my goodness, Corey. I love this idea of you should have known better. I mean, are you kidding me? And really, that's the question that all of us are asking. Well, so because of that, I just started thinking, you know, what do we know right now? What's the inventory of the things that we've got knowledge of that we think we're doing good at, that we could know better? You know what I found out? Women have different heart attack symptoms than men. Oh, I'm not kidding. I it's went, not just the left arm. No, no. I went to activebeat.com <laughs> and um, they have a list of 15 things that are almost distinctively different for women. Now, listen, little, little precursor for this conversation. These are signs and symptoms that are encompassing together. They're not isolated. So if you just have one of the 15, you're not having a heart attack. But it's almost like <laughs> if you have um, several of these together, then you may need to check it out. So let's see if you knew this. 
this, but I think we could all do better and, and know better. And we, we could say that we could do more if we knew this list. So here you go. One of them is breathing difficulties. Um, you know, shortness of breath, stuff like that. Heavy perspiration. <laughs> oh, sweaty kids. Okay, secret, not keeping your secret anymore. Um, <laughs> disrupted sleep. Uh, and that's not just because you have a toddler, you know, mom, mom, mom. <laughs> Exhaustion. Hey, getting through oh, that. Th- heart attack. 3 p.m. 3 p.m. hump right there every day. <laughs> every day. Uh, stomach cramps. Sharp upper body pain. And really, it's not just isolated to um, having something sitting on your chest or like a really big heaviness, but it's like just these dull pains that can happen as well. Uh, Jaw pain. Did you know jaw pain for women can Mm. be an indicator of a heart attack? Did you just clench your jaw just then thinking about it? I did. did. I'm kind of like going Stretch it out. I know. I'm like making my jaw move left to right. It's fine. It's fine. No pain. Um, A rapid heart rate. A rapid heart rate is one as well. Oh, man. There's there's a couple more. There's yeah. chest pain. Yes. Yes. That's pretty standard. I think we knew that. So if you're having chest pain, you're good. Chest pain. <laughs> it's an indicator. Yep, with all the other things. Uh, nauseousness. Pain in either arm. So it's not just your left arm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Neck, shoulder, and back pain. Uh-huh. And then there's also uh, yeah. dizziness lightheartedness or fainting man this just so if you're fainting check yourself wow oh there's two more yeah two more yeah vomiting oh and then headaches so these are all symptoms again we are not doctors we <laughs> just know how to google and read lists and we're not also we're not trying to make you paranoid as well so right. i mean take right. the collective look at what symptoms are going on? And we just are trying to prevent a heart attack for you ladies. So hopefully you find that helpful. Well, my goodness. The thing that I'm thinking is that just sounds like me on a Tuesday. You know, that whole list. I'm like, my gosh, that just sounds, well, I'm kind of exhausted. I do have neck and shoulder and back pain. <laughs> I do, you know, but once again, those are all in conjunction with each other. And it's not just about us being aware of, oh, what are these things that are different signs for women versus men? But think about the other areas in our life that we wish we knew better. I mean, um, have you ever felt as though, oh God, Jenny, I hate even asking this. But have you ever felt as though you messed up on a parenting opportunity that you could have known better to prevent something from happening to your kid with heartache? I have a child that is a little bit structured and orderly to the point of a fault sometimes. And I felt like sometimes I could have prepared her and given her more knowledge before walking into a situation and left her crippling with fear, you know. And as a mom, you're like, gosh, I should have known better how to handle that before I got there. (laughs) Have you ever been to a meeting at work where you felt like you should have known better? For sure. Yeah. Yep. Should have known better. <laughs> or when to speak and when not to speak. You should know better. Ooh. Well, that just makes me want to shut it down right now. <laughs> Let's rapid fire all the things you should know better. Oh, man. Or when you felt it. When I felt You should it. know better. Mm. Man, I, I feel like in breakups, relationships... My goodness, there were many a guy that I'm like, oh, I should have known better. I should have known this was coming. I should have seen the writing on the wall. And sometimes I did, just going to be honest. I mean, when when you walk in on somebody making out with another person than you, that's a good indicator (laughs) that your relationship ain't going to make it. (laughs) Well, that's a good character clue that perhaps you should have known. (laughs) 
Should have known better. Should have known But again, better. we compartmentalize some things yeah. because it's just easier to stay in, in the quote unquote unknown. Oh, it really is. It really is. What about you? I should have, I should have known better on how to fix my car. Can I just mm. say praise the Lord mm. from above for my husband who fixes all the things, but I don't, wow. I don't know anything about <laughs> any of that. My, one so of my first marriage fights was a car issue. We, we'd been married nine days. We're in a Target parking lot. My, my husband's car wouldn't turn over and he just sat there and I was like, well, pop the hood. He goes, what am I going to look at? And I was like, are you <laughs> kidding me? You know, and he, I, then I mar- married a man that didn't know anything about cars. And I didn't know that. I was like, oh, I should have known better. He didn't know about cars. Oh, this is going to be a rough go. <laughs> but he's pretty, he's a pretty handy guy, though, in other areas Every around the house. Every single and, other area. Yeah. Absolutely. And he's gotten yeah. better at cars. I mean, he really has. But, whoo, whoo, should have known See, better. Chris, Chris, you should have known better, man. I'm just totally kidding. I, I, but now my default is, okay, well, Matt knows <laughs> so i still don't need to know i still don't need yeah, to know. I still, oh my but gosh i should have like when you're almost gonna run out of gas you should know oh, about oh yes yes what else you got what else do you have well you know i think the general idea if we're really thinking about this entire episode what are the things that we we should have seen indicators on what are mm-hmm. the things that we should have listened to the signals and the signs and the warnings and the bells and this is really a deeper topic than even what you're bringing to the table as our listeners with your phone call. And you're, you're sparking this idea of what are the things that right now you can find in your life? They're just indicators of something else is going on and to pay attention. Uh, and knowing better is, is only as good and as far as you delve into knowledge, you know? Mm, yeah. And action. Oh, I th- yes. I think to... Our gaslight, our gaslight goes on. Oh, I should know better. Okay, I'm running out of gas. Yeah. And then you can keep staring at that gaslight going on, or you can actually yeah. take action and go to the gas station and fill up your tank. Absolutely. So our hope in this episode is that we bring an awareness to, okay, maybe our gaslight's on and maybe we should do something about it. And when you don't do something, there's grace for those moments. But also, let's talk about it. He said, what? This whole season, we're talking about you should blank like Jesus. And when we're talking about you should know better like Jesus, you got to look at his example through the lens of what we know based on scripture. Um, The storytelling that we're told in the gospels about what did he do continually? Where did he go? How did he know better? I think it simply comes down to this. He knew better because he was connected continually to the source of all knowledge. Yeah. And if you look at Jesus's public ministry, I mean, he was traveling by foot in a lot of places. Mm. He was healing people. He was praying for a disease. Sickness was gone. He was preaching. I mean, he taught publicly all the time. But the thing about Jesus is that he knew when he needed to rest. Mm-hmm. He knew when he needed to rest. He knew when he had to take naps. Like these are some healthy boundaries we can we can pull away from, yeah. from what his ministry life was like and and what he did. He knew when it, he had to go in solitude to pray and recharge. I mean, mm. Matthew fourteen twenty three says he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. He knew when to have alone time. Yeah. Luke six says. 
Uh, one of these days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to come, and he chose 12 of them, and then he designated them apostles. Mm. So what I love about that is that he knew when to isolate. He knew when to get alone with God. And the result of that was he knew how to make decisions. Mm. He knew when to take the next step, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, even in Luke 8, verse 23, the New Living Translation states it like this. It says that on the way across, Jesus lay down for a nap. And you know what I mean? Like in the middle of his going, he decides to lay and rest and take a nap. Y'all, if there ain't some power in following Jesus's example on that, I don't know about y'all. I've found many a journey where I do not pause and take naps. I actually fill the time with more work and more thinking and more overdoing. And I love this verse because it tells me it's okay to, t- to just take a nap while I'm on the road <laughs> and be okay with that, you know? Yeah, it's okay to take naps. It, and I think too, for our own lives, we can apply this for myself, I am at least, like in my mothering, in my parenting, in my job, it's always go, 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 go. Am I doing enough? Am I showing up enough? And we can take this example and we can serve those we love. We can invest in community. We can tell people about Jesus. We can love others so well. We can pray for healing. But you need to acknowledge when you should step away, when you should be alone, when you should isolate in a healthy way so you can pray, recharge, yeah. and find rest. And Jesus is an amazing example of that. And Candace, will you share with us some practical ways that we can actually pray? Well, you know, what's crazy is that we're looking at Jesus' example is that he went to pray. He went and sometimes spent all night praying to God. Sometimes he isolated and he was by himself. But the thing that was common is that he was praying. Um, And so I actually have just adopted this new thing that I do twice a week, Um, usually on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I read through Psalms 34 as my prayer. And specifically today, I wanted to lead us through this way of praying. Just pray what a prayer is already penned out for you in the in the Bible. <laughs> and so it may be like Psalm 119 that you picked. That's a long one. I'm warning you. Um, so <laughs> Psalm 63. I would just say find a prayer in the Psalms and you adapt it as yours and pray it twice a week if you're like, I don't even know where to start to pray like Jesus. Well, why don't we start here? Psalms 34, 4 through 8. I just want you to hear this. And then verse 10. In the Passion Translation, it goes like this. Listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Gaze upon him, join your life with his, and joy will come. Your faces will glisten with glory. You'll never wear the shame face again. And so this is just verses 4 through 5. Verse six, when I had nothing desperate and defeated, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me bringing his miracle deliverance when I needed it most. The angel of the Lord stooped down and listened as I prayed, encircling me, empowering me and showing me how to escape. He will do this for everyone who fears God. Drink deeply of the pleasures of this God. Experience for yourself the joyous mercies he gives to all who hide themselves in him. And verse 10, I love this verse. Even the strong and wealthy grow weak and hungry, but those who passionately pursue the Lord will never lack any good thing. And you're like, well, Candace, that didn't really sound like a prayer. What I love to do is just make these words um, in the prayer format as I'm reading them twice a week. So for example, 
going just verse 10, even the strong and wealthy grow weak and hungry. I would say this, God, listen, I know right now there's certain moments of my life that are doing well. They're, they're healthy. They're, they're striving to be better. They're strong, but I know that I still get weak and I still get hungry and I still have moments where I need you. And then the verse says, but those who passionately pursue the Lord. So then I would switch it and frame it and say, but God, you know what? I really want to just be passionate in my pursuit of you. Help keep me passionate in my pursuit of just simply who you are. And then it says they will never lack any good thing. And then I would pray and God remind me that when I do this, when I pursue you with all that I am, with everything I'm passionate about, with everything that I come to the table with that's healthy and strong or that's, that's weak and, and brittle, I'm going to just know, I'll know this, that you will never leave me in want. I will not be in lack and that all that you give me is good. And so I just challenge many of us, we think prayer can be something that is mm, oh, maybe a mystery, an enigma. Um, something that we feel inadequate or incapable or not schooled enough to do. If that's the case, if we're talking about you should know better like Jesus, he was connected to the source of knowledge. He was connected to God himself. He was in prayer. And it is a vital part of knowing better and doing better. I, I earnestly believe that you cannot know better if you don't know the word of God. I mean, your thoughts are so deceptive on your own. And so... If you're thinking not just about like your physical health, but your your mental health as well, you would actually say, if I'm going to know better, then you've got to be connected to the one that knows you better than you even know yourself as well. I mean, why not connect with him and start small, you know, maybe read somebody else's prayer, maybe get a book of prayers, um, maybe start writing out your prayers and journaling them down and circle certain words that you say repetitively, because if you're repeating a word, maybe it's an actual need that you need to discuss with the father on a much deeper level. If you want to know better, um, Jesus's example set it up pretty clear for us. It's be connected to the source of all knowledge, spend time alone with the Father and pray. Hey, let's pray. This week we've been talking about how you should know better and be proactive in your health, whether that be your spiritual health, physical health. So before we leave, we want to encourage you the best way that we know how. And that's to simply go to the one who holds the freedom within and pray. So as we close today's episode, we want to pray for you and encourage you to. All right, let's pray. God, I just thank you for the listeners today. And I just want to lift up anybody that feels any twinge of like regret or conviction, like, oh, why didn't I see the warning signs of this? God, I just pray that they feel your grace over that. They feel your grace covering those moments and that they know that, yeah, you might be calling us to do better and be self-aware in our own health journeys, God, but we, we just trust you when we don't understand the big picture of what's going on. We trust you when we don't have answers or resolution or we have yet to see solution, God. And and we just give you our lives. We give you our health. Guide us in our everyday moments of decision-making of what do we eat? How do we work out? Are we having heart attacks? Like, just give us wisdom like Candace was teaching us earlier. God, I specifically pray for the person right now that's listening and they think, I should have known better because they found themselves trapped in a relationship that was harmful, (laughs) downright abusive. Father, if they would have seen the warning signs, they could have left earlier. They could have saved some heartache and pain. 
I pray for the person that's listening today that they have found themselves on a scale in the doctor's office, completely mortified about the health scares that they're having because of the life choices that they've made with food and addictions. And they just think, I should have known better. I should have known better. God, and I pray for those that have felt like they've seen a family member be taken advantage of or a child that they couldn't protect and they think, I should have known better. God, there are so many things in our lives that we look back with regret and we look back with sorrow and we look back with this moment of, I just wish I would have known better. May we never be throwing such a haphazard answer of, well, if we would just stay connected with you, if we would just pray more, we would know better. God, really what I'm asking and interceding for all of those listening today is that they would be so near to your Holy Spirit Romans 8.14 tells us the mature children of God are those who follow the impulses of the Holy Spirit. God, you protect us, you guide us, you lead us. We trust that that is your role in our lives. And when we pray, when we call upon you, when we get to know you, when we cast all our cares upon you, when we say something's not right and I don't know what it is, God, you offer discernment, you offer wisdom. Just like in James 1.3 through 5, you promise us wisdom to any of us that ask. So God, right now, there are a lot of people that are coming to you with lots of needs listening to this, saying, I just need wisdom, God. I just need to know better because I feel like something's off. We ask for your hand to guide and protect their families, to guide and protect their workplaces, God, but but more so to give them these impulses of your Holy Spirit that tells them to move and react and to obey. The difference in knowing better does no good unless we move at the impulse of what you say. So God, let us be better listeners. Let us be better hearers of you. And God, would you allow us to move at the impulse of everything that you say and the way that you lead in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Until then, shut the should up. To share your should, call 315-308-308. 0163. And you may be featured on an upcoming episode. If you've been inspired to stop shitting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.